Hey guys, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is your host, Gris Alves. And this morning I have some really cool guests from Tijuana. Marcela and Karina Luz Valladolid. These are power sisters that are changing uh, the revolution of healing of women in Tijuana, in Baja California and in Mexico, and of course in the United States as well, for the Latin American women and for really everyone in general. Because uh, when Marcela reached out to me, about hopping on the podcast, I thought, oh, this podcast actually is, um, you know, touching some interesting notes about deconstruction and changing the way that society created us to think, to be, to perform. And there is a different way to heal and a different way that we can be. So I'm so excited to have you guys on here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so um, Karina Luz is event coordinator, meditation teacher, um, you are now the sister of Marcela. Marcela was your sister. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> Marcela is an entrepreneur, author, chef, and um, you just had a big event in Chula Vista with like over 200 women that came together for a three or four hour period to just sit and notice and get into their bodies and, and breathe. How, how, how did you guys organize that and how did that happen? I, I went through, just very brief, briefly, I had a book tour. I uh, my fourth book came out and in the book signings um, I had a lot more people show up I'm very grateful for that but 90% of the conversation from the women was not about food and had nothing to do with my book and it was all about um, them expressing gratitude for having somebody that was okay with being proud of their heritage and okay with breaking the rules that Latinas are you know the rules that are forced upon us as a society um, that I'm proud to speak Spanish to my kids. Like I realized that we were missing a space where we could truly blossom without all the stuff that we carry because of our heritage and our, our culture. Um, and I thought it was just a great opportunity locally because these signings were happening locally and it was a lot of women showing up. And I called Garina because um, she is the wisest person I know. She's like my sp personal spiritual guide. Mm. And I said, we should create a space where you can do what you do in your home. Because she was doing this in her home for a long time. Yeah. And uh, there was always a lot of people there. And By doing went, this, you mean having people come over to meditation meditate, groups, right? Guided meditation. She would do guided meditation and groups. It's also a lot of emotional healing and, and just going inside. Not right. just uh, feeling good with the meditation. Also going in and doing the work. Right. Yeah, like she she's described it, she described it many times through the time that I went, like you're not going to be, this is going to be an uncomfortable space perhaps for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt that to get, I don't guide meditations. At some point actually in the event, she was like, tell them to, que me dijiste que les dijera, that slowly wake up from like whatever, like a breathing exercise. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't do that part. You do that part. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. um, so she's... Exactly. So she's the expert on that part. And I just have a very strong connection to the Latinas in our community. Mm -hmm. And I thought that we could join forces to help in any way that we could um, the community of women that I feel need that space here in San Diego. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, okay. So let's start then with, is for tales of recovery, right? Stories of resilience and healing and recovering from whatever you had to recover from. And then from that regain, rediscover what through your healing you can offer now as a medicine to the world. In your, in your guys' um, experience, other women, Mexican women, Latin American women, Tijuana, San Diego, all over the world. So if you guys want to tell us 
what got you started into touching into like I want something different. I don't think this is right. And and I and identify with you girls as a Mexican woman from Tijuana. My parents are very lovely but very conservative, very strict. I was a total rebel the whole time. I was like the black sheep of the family. And I've turned around now to see like I think I, I think I think I was right. The I think whole my, time, you know, the whole time you were right. They were like, wrong. My rebellion was warranted. Yeah. Um, but not very many people back that up, especially not my family. Of course. You know. Of course. Um, they love me because there's always love there to a degree, but it's like a constant. I have to set boundaries. I have to set boundaries. I have to create my own life. And um, so, tell me, how, what got you guys into diving deep into? Okay, this, this is. This is hurting too much. I need to change. Well, um, hey, English or Spanish? Okay. Um, a mí definitivamente ni siquiera lo busqué. Ni siquiera estaba buscando un cambio. Sucede que, que mi mamá trasciende, fallece. Y, y empezaron a, a surgir muchos pensamientos. Eh, empezaron a pasarme muchas cosas que me hicieron cuestionar mis creencias. Uh -huh. Siempre hubo mucha paz en, que, en, en, en su, en su, en su trascender, pero había mucha, algo, una fuerza muy grande We were literally with her when she died, in the room when she died. So, so how that, long ago did your mom die? Um, it's... Um, uh, 12 years? 12 years. Okay. It's going to be 12 years. Y ahí fue un, ahí fue un, un, un desper, despertar tremendamente abrupto, fuertísimo, mm -hmm. feroz, porque fue la, la venda se quitó en, yeah. en un milisegundo y fue muchísimo. Yo me acuerdo que cayó una depresión que verdaderamente sentía que me moría, porque, porque aparte de haberme creído todo lo que me dijeron y asumirlo como una verdad, me detuve completa, era mi columna de donde yo me detenía enteramente entonces cuando me la quitaron verdaderamente me morí y gracias a Dios a partir de esa muerte empezó mi vida yeah I think a lot of it was also attached to uh, the warped idea that we had of religion growing up so in her oh you too uh, yeah no shit so in her death you start questioning that whole thing about heaven and hell and are you worthy and what does it mean and where do you go and I, for me I think that was the biggest thing like I couldn't connect her death and her beauty and her life to all this guilt that we had attached to our religion so I started on, and we but together we I remember we went to mediums we uh, jumped into Hinduism Um, I, I read the Tibetan book for the for um, death and dying, and that to me I think is what saved me from a horrible depression when my mother died. Mm -hmm. And I think, just like Karina said, it was an an just a true like all of this shit that we've been fed forever is not fitting into this box of feelings that I have right now, and it's not working for me. It's not giving me any sort of healing, any sort of comfort. Um, what do I grab onto to this very life-changing experience that was the death of my mom? Right. And I think for both of us, that's when the journey started. That our religion was very, our parents were like yours. Radical. Very yeah. radical. There was a ton of guilt attached to it. There was, there, was, there was no gray. Everything was black or white. Either you're a sinner or you are not. So from, I was the black sheep too. So anytime you veer from that perfect path, you automatically feel like you're the hell out of 
the whole institution. So you might as well keep fucking up because there's just no yeah. way back. Like, yeah. and I think that was, that all kind of hit when my mom, like the whole, you know, glass house just came tumbling down. It's like, what are, what is my belief system? What's going to save me in this moment? And I think that's when our journey started into all of this. Because in the beginning, it was really difficult. I remember that we did, ¿te acuerdas que no querías ni tener el Buda en tu casa? Because it was a symbol of like something like, <laughs> yes. not religious. Like yeah. we were, in the fear mm-hmm. was the word of the day. Yeah. There yes. was so much fear attached to finding, and that's the way, what the church has done to control us in some sense. Everything that's man-created is about creating that fear. And then there was so much fear in the beginning of this journey for both of us to experiment with anything that had to do with jumping outside of what was, what we grew up with, with my mom and dad, who were extremely, extremely religious. Right. Yeah. Sí, creo que definitivamente fue la religión lo que a mí también me, me mató, porque ahí fue donde empecé a cuestionar yo y cuando me di cuenta que había asumido todo como una verdad y que no era la verdad porque yo estaba verdaderamente experimentando yeah. a Dios en el amor entonces dije pues contradice todo lo que me enseñaron mm-hmm. entonces si eso no es verdad entonces todas mis otras verdades tampoco lo son ¿no? me acuerdo cuando le dije a mi hija que no existía Santa Claus me preguntó tú me dijo tampoco existe el conejito y tampoco existen los reyes magos <laughs> y así me sentí en ese momento entonces no existen o sea no yeah. es verdad yeah, nada the whole house comes y, y ahí fue horrible me acuerdo que yeah. se me iba el aire yeah. y duré como como yo que como seis meses sin respirar bien y, y sí. muchos años en recuperarme. I think it was harder for you because of perception. <clears throat> I think Karina always grew up thinking that we were unaffected by all of this, and I think my rebellion was caused because I had no idea what it meant on a profound level, but I knew that we that we were affected and I was angry about it. Yeah. And I think I lived in anger and she lived in more of a denial of thinking that we weren't affected to the issues that we had with our parents, with religion, with addiction, with the whole thing. So I was angry and she was in denial. And I think our worlds just collided in that moment. Like, how does she deal with realizing how affected we were and how do I deal with all of this stuff that we've been carrying? And I think to put a little bit of context... um, so the religion part of it tells you you have to be good or else you're going to go to hell. You have to be perform in a certain way. But even beyond religion, the way our homes are, if you're a woman, you have to be this way. You can't be loud. You have to be married. You have to have a husband. You have to have kids. Um, you know, you, you can't really speak up. And all of that, I think, comes from the big umbrella of what this Christian religion has done for thousands and thousands of years. And so it is like an innate feeling of, what the heck is up with this? And I, what, I, what I really want to honor is everybody feels it different. Like, you felt like, this is wrong, I'm going to rebel. You felt comfortable in it. Um, but then here comes the catalyst of really death. And when you're talking about how everything was, none of this is real. It's yeah. kind of what happened to me and my family, too. Like, you pull the carpet out and you're like... If none of this is real, then I've been an idiot this whole time. Was this when you, went, you were going to the church and you realized, is this it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, because yeah. I remember that podcast. She mm-hmm. talked about being part of organized religion mm-hmm. and then realizing that this just wasn't going to work for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. But being so deep in, so deep in, like in leadership, that I was like, wow, I'm going to lose all my friends. If I tell them what I think, I'm not going to have a place where I can speak or sing or, or lead retreats or... Or hang out with other women in community because they're like I'm gonna lose all my friends. Yeah, and I think that's kind of 
how it could be with family too and society because if you speak up then you're like pues no te juntes con ella mijita mm -hmm. porque yeah. y la loquita ajá la loquita libre sí libre definitivamente okay tell us more then how did you get into like what part of the recovery aspect of this podcast is I want our listeners to know okay so what did you read like you mentioned the Tibetan book of the living and the dying um like did you go to counseling did you go to a retreat who helped you what came up around your journey that guided you towards wherever you're at now and we talk about this often because um, it's a million different things it's been 12 years of course yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think I, I, I always I'm always hesitant because I get asked this question a lot because I am followed by a lot of women that are in our community that that are like I think it's awesome with, with that you're this with this man and you're not married and you had kids and you live together and you don't give a shit about that you did everything in the wrong order blah 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 and they ask like what did you do and my honest response is it's too many things it's too many things and I think the best meditaciones retreats I went we going to Deepak Chopra we went un retiro durísimo en Cancun that dealt with the fourth step of AA mm -hmm. um, we've done a lot of stuff together. Like I said, we've met with tons of spiritual healers. Um, we've been to uh, families of alcoholics. We've, we've done like a ton of work in both holistic and conventional um, fields to try to find a solution. But I would say that the one, the one tip that I would give that helped me the most in my healing is something that I learned from my sister. She has been my biggest healer. And that is when th something is presented to you, just take it. And I think that's the thing that we've been doing most on our journey. Like she's really good about, well, somebody called me about this conference. So it means the universe is telling me it's time to go to the conference. So she'll get on a plane and she'll go to the conference, not giving a shit about who, what, when, where, like she'll just get it done. Mm -hmm. I am much more hesitant, but she's really good. And I've realized that the more I just allow myself to live in that moment, the more the healing and the healers come. Yeah. Cool. Sí, yo creo que en ese momento donde yo me percato de que de que no es verdad lo que asumí como verdad, hice un pacto conmigo de que ahora yo iba a ser mi, mi, mi guía mm -hmm. y que yo, yo iba a escuchar nada más mi verdad y, mm -hmm. y, y hice una conexión muy fuerte con, con mi voz interna mm -hmm. pero fuertísima y ahorita me palpita el corazón de platicarlo porque porque para llegar a eso eh, fue la, la transición donde yo experimentaba la muerte ¿no? mm -hmm. y en ese experimentar la muerte yo le dije Karina no volvemos a tomar información de nadie aquí me dio tanto miedo descubrir que nada era verdad que dije la información va a venir de la guía interna y así fue y, y, y desde ahí y, y yo creo que me conmueve porque fueron tantas veces que yo sentía que todo el mundo me juzgaba y la gente que más quiero está loca que está haciendo pero yo dije me vale madre uh -huh. Yo si me caigo de aquí, de conmigo, me voy a morir de verdad, ¿no? Yo me quedé completamente conectada a esa voz y esa voz me ha ido guiando, guiando contra viento y marea, contra lo que todo el mundo piense, pero ahí estoy y es la que definitivamente me está 
eh, llevando a mi, a mi libertad, ¿no? Uh -huh. a, a liberarme de todas esas jaulas mentales uh -huh. que me tenían privada de la vida. Y esa voz, that voice, like, <clears throat> I, I, I connect with that in such a deep level. I connect with both of you, like, doing all the work. Everybody do all the work. Go to counseling, go to meetings, seek gurus, do it all and just, you know, figure it out. You'll know which people are bullshitting you, which, what's helpful, what's not, you know, try it. But also when you sit in silence and listen to your grief and quiet the mind is when that voice comes out. Yeah. Is that how you heard that voice? Like in a certain practice? Because I think I just want, you know, like for me, it takes work. I can't just be like, oh, I heard a voice, even though you hear it here and there. As you're growing up and now you remember, I knew that voice yeah. when I was seven. I knew that voice when I was 14. I, I heard that voice. But the other voices were so much louder. Society, my parents, the church, school, whatever. But did you have a practice of sitting in silence, of yoga? Or, or how did you come to be aware this is the voice? Cuando, cuando me sucede este, este acercamiento con la muerte... Mm -hmm. Y lo estoy diciendo en un sentido no solo figurado. Uh -huh. Sí sentía físicamente que me estaba muriendo y sabía que no podía continuar viviendo así. Uh -huh. O sea, yo tenía que tomar una medida porque yo físicamente ya no aguantaba lo que yo estaba sintiendo. ¿no? Y, y, y me entró muchísimo miedo porque tenía tres niñas chiquitas. Y dije, si se dan cuenta que perdí la cordura porque verdaderamente sentí la locura yeah. y a su máxima expresión entonces dije aquí nadie se puede dar cuenta que yo me volví loca <risa> que ahora entiendo que la antesala de la liberación es la locura ¿no? sí, sí. Eh, la locura locura como dicen y, y me fui a una práctica de 40 días de estar en el silencio mm -hmm. y lo hacía como 5 o 6 horas por la mañana y en la tarde llegaban mis hijas de la escuela, mi esposo y yo, ay, ¿qué pasó? Como si nadie, me acuerdo que era un robot, era un robot porque si yo me permitía sentir una nada de lo que estaba sintiendo, hasta las piernas se me desvanecían uh -huh. y no te estoy exagerando. Entonces, en esa, en esa práctica profunda, lo que dije, ¿es esto o me muero o me meten a un psiquiátrico? Yeah. Y en esa práctica profunda fue cuando conecté por primera vez de manera nítida, porque siempre de alguna manera... Ahí estaba, ¿no? Sí. Y, y, y por más que el miedo me invadía, porque era mi, 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 mi patrón de todo, siempre había este espíritu súper fuerte guerrero que es, el que es el que traigo encendido constantemente, gracias a Dios. Uh -huh. Pero sí fue una práctica como ninguna que he hecho en mi vida de 40 días seguidos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to know that. You know, it doesn't, you just don't get up and decide, oh, I'm going to be liberated. Yeah. It takes some work. It takes, takes a lot of courage. community courage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think we all have that courage inside of us. It's just give yourself permission, dude. Give yourself permission to go for it. And, and also, if you're hidden, like you were saying about death, um, when I had my big old breakdown with, like, you know, I told these people, I think you guys are fundamentalists. Like, mm -hmm. I, I really think you believe this, like, hardcore. I thought we were just having fun, singing songs. Um, But the main thing after that is like, what do I do now? What do I do now? And I dove deep with Karina, my cousin. You guys know Karina. Hasta Saran. Karin. Karina Hasta Saran. Ah, claro. Into thanatology and going in there and talking about death and death and death. And then, ajá, con Edith. And then, of course, my mom has a stroke. And I see how it just comes into your face like we're all dying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was heavy into addiction in my 20s. 
And so I know I'm on extra time. I've known for many years. But I think when you come up front with death is when you realize, like, okay, I don't have time to waste, number one. Or that's the catalyst for transformation. And the main thing right now is, at least for me, my theme is, what is the greatest regret of the dying? Um, because in thanatology, you, you, you accompany people as you're dying. You guys were with your mom until her last breath. You know, I'm with my parents, and they're 85 and 75. Of course, I could die before them. I understand that. But, you, don't, you know, you don't think that. But the greatest regret of the dying is not being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you have that pain, if you have that anxiety, and most of all, um, like you said, that willingness to be there and present and whole for your, for your kids... Um, that's just such a good catalyst for, I mean, I just want to, what I'm trying to say is be encouraged listeners, right? Yeah. There's, there's, and have, you know, you have the capacity to do this. It's not just, you know, Karina Luz, Marcela, and Gris, they have the capacity to come up here and speak their truth and do what we want. We all have this capacity. You know what it is? So I think there's a tremendous amount when you're in that really difficult space that something happened or somebody died or you're in the throes of addiction or whatnot, it's very hard to trust that inner voice because your instincts are warped. You don't know, and it happens to me like a lot as a parent. I don't feel obviously we're all healing. Like you said, it's a, such, it's a, it's a process until you die. Mm-hmm. I think we all will be on this journey until we die. And I think a lot of my personal struggle is when I do hear that voice, sometimes I don't trust it 100% of the time. So the journey is to learn to fully trust that voice um, and not say my instincts are, or my sixth sense is um, warped because of trauma or, you know, addiction or, um, you know, aprendizaje de chica, whatever. Like just to have, it takes a lot to be at a place where you can truly listen to that voice and feel like you, you can not only trust it, but especially like as a mom or if you're a part of a family or if you're part of a relationship, knowing that you can trust that voice and you aren't going negati- to negatively affect those around you. Like it takes a lot to be able to say, this is my path yeah. and I'm going to follow it. And this is what's right. And instinctively, I know this is good for you. Like it takes a lot of work to get to that place. I know I'm not there yet. Like I still yeah. struggle a lot with being able to say, um, I'm going to do this regardless of consequence because I, this is what my inner voice is saying. Because then I think about my kids and I think about Felipe, my partner, and I think about mm-hmm. my work and my platform. And if that, if I'm going to lose financially, if I'm too vocal, if I'm going to be a bad example for my kids, like it takes a lot of courage to be able to listen to that inner voice and just completely follow it. So yeah. that's why I think we have to be gentle, not only with ourselves or when we're offering that advice to say, yeah, sometimes you don't even know if what if you can follow your instincts or not, you know, because you're afraid. You're afraid of fucking up, basically. Yeah. Pues yeah. creo que creo que esto que estamos platicando de lo que es el sistema de creencias, cuando empiezas a ser consciente, <coughs> ese inconsciente, eh, y entre más lo, lo 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 veas, ¿no? Y lo palpes y realmente lo 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 abraces, va existiendo y va sucediendo una alineación con la congruencia, sí. con tu congruencia. Y en esa alineación con la congruencia, porque el otro día me decía alguien, ¿por qué te peleas tanto con el sistema de creencias? Y dije, es como si me estuvieras preguntando sobre qué me defiendo de que alguien que me quiera ahogar en la alberca. Sí. ¿Cómo? Sí. Porque de ahí va a ser mm. mi liberación. Y en ese acercamiento a mi congruencia existe el empoderamiento 
donde se desaparece toda esta proyección tan intensa de miedos mm. y puedo yo realmente cumplir con la voz interna. Claro. Pero es, es ahí en el hacking del sistema de creencias. ¿no? Uh -huh. ¿Y cómo, cómo hackeo el sistema de creencias? Porque habito mi espacio. Uh -huh. Si yo estoy en mi espacio, no disociada en mi espacio, estoy habitando mi espacio, estoy sintiendo la vida y estoy viendo dónde está toda mi debilidad. Uh -huh. Y ahí es mi alimento y mi información para yo saber que hay que atender para que haya una mayor alineación con la congruencia, con tu verdad, donde está el empoderamiento, donde desaparecen todos estos miedos que te ayudan a acatarte a, 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 a la voz interna, que es la de la verdad, la de tu camino, es la de tu uh -huh. liberación. Y se va sintiendo, literal. Sí se va sintiendo el empoderamiento. Sí, sí, sí. se va sintiendo esta fuerza que viene desde el, desde el plexo, desde, desde, desde tu core, desde uh -huh. tu centro, donde dices a la madre, caray. Uh -huh. Sí es cierto eso de, de la imagen y semejanza a Dios. Si está saliendo de aquí, no está en otro lugar afuera de mí. Y creo que nos da miedo ese, ese poder. O sea, yo a veces siento en ese poder y como que digo, ¡ay, caray! Espérate, espérate. O sea, y no sé, oh, gosh, this is like a bilingual podcast. So I'm like, do I go in? Sorry, do I go sorry, out? sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great. But, um... There's a quote by Marianne Williamson about how, well, I don't think, I don't know if she actually wrote it, but about you're not really, what you're really scared of is how big and bright and how powerful you are. And I think that's the main oppression that we've had all along. Yes, definitely. So what you're speaking about, like, really noticing that power, that internal truth, and fighting the belief systems. I get so many emails and texts, and why are you, just let it go. Why are you doing this? Why are you that? I'm like, I'm never going to let that shit go. I never. Know. Never. Because that And is, I think it's especially important for women because I yes. think throughout the course of history that that trying tratar de apagar esa luz, like trying to extinguish that flame that you were describing, um, because that shows the power of women. So I think a lot of this oppression has been very personal towards specifically women because yeah. it's too much. Because they know the power. Exactly. They know yeah. our power. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know we have a lot of <clears throat> like. Um, Because, you know, part of this, you guys are, you know, healing warriors and you're so creative. And I think the art that you create in your books and your meditation and whatever you do is part of, um, is one of the practices that I think is healing. Art, beauty, colors, gathering, community, whatever. But um, also alongside with that is a deconstruction of... You don't just do this because you want people to think, oh, she got her shit together and they look so good and da da da. Oh, I don't have my shit together. <laughs> at all. At all. No, no, no. I te prometo, te juro que I don't have my shit together. No, pero yo sí crecí. Como que todo tiene que estar muy bonito y muy organizado y toda la mesa muy linda. Entonces viene la gente y comen muy lindo y todo está muy lindo. Pero cuando se van, ¡ah! Muchas madre o alguien por allá bien pedo. O sea, I think what I'm trying to say is there's a part. The word for me is deconstruction yeah. of these belief systems and then reconstruct it in a like free flow, como le llamaste ese rato, the flow of um, I can create this now, but I don't care what you think, yeah. right? Like hashtag fuck el que dirán. It's more like I feel so empowered, so full of love, um, so driven by this new um, freedom and force that I have the freedom And to bring my kids along. I, yeah. 
I mean, your kids, our kids are watching us. Oh right. my goodness. Que mejor herencia, no? Dios mío, mi vida. I think, we, and we were talking about this in the car. For me, the best way to describe it, like visually, because I'm a very visual person, is imagine like three circles, um, and they only intersect in one area. And the three circles just mean like, las tres caras, the three faces, the different ones that I show the world. Like, this is what I show my family, this is what I show my followers, this is what I show, whatever the other one may be. Mm -hmm. And this process has been a push to make those circles just become one for, my ch for our children. So the biggest motivation, I don't know about you guys, I can't speak for anybody, but the biggest motivation, like the ones that hold me accountable or make me feel, feel accountable are my kids. It's like, and we were talking about this in the car, like sex or drugs or blah, 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 blah. It's mm -hmm. not that I have a moral issue with anything, but at this point in my life, I'm not willing to do anything that I feel that I need to hide, not because of the moral imperative, but because I don't want to hide anything. Right. And I think anything that gives you this feeling that you need to hide it from your kids or from society or from my platform, I think that robs you of your congruencia. ¿Cómo se dice congruencia en inglés? Congruency? I think it robs you of that. So my personal mission is to make all of those facets or all of those faces or all of those everything and just make it into one person that I'm proud to present to my kids, to my right. followers, to my family, to my right. father, to my God, to everything, to right. just make it authentic. Right. Y creo que eso es también el, cuando, cuando empiezas a hacer consciente este, este, este sistema de, de creencias tan profundo y tan inconsciente, porque a mí me sorprende. Me que seguimos creyendo esas no, cosas, no puede ser. No, me sorprende lo que voy viendo otra vez que me había creído y me pasa todos los días, ¿no? Pero, <laughs> pero en, 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 en esta parte donde empiezas a... a, a hacerlo consciente, viene esta otra parte donde te percatas o caes en conciencia de cómo nos hemos fragmentado, uh -huh. que es lo que tú estás diciendo, uh -huh. ¿no? Uh -huh. Y viene una integración y de todos los cuerpos, del espiritual, del mental, del, del, físico. del, del, del físico y del emocional, uh -huh. y empieza a formarse esta otra vez alineación con la congruencia que hace que Marcela esté, esté parada en su verdad, ¿no? Uh -huh. Porque la fragmentación también arde y pasa mucho sufrimiento. Uh -huh. Es muy cansado. Muy cansado. Sí. Muy cansado. Yo creo que cuando tocas estos uh -huh. espacios de liberación, dices, a la madre, cara, yo estoy en una decisión de decidir si quiero ser libre o no, uh -huh. es, cuando, es, cuando, es cuando empieza lo bueno. Sí. Porque pues ya, ya nada más quieres la libertad, ¿no? Sí. Pues es que se te hace la vida más fácil. Life just becomes easier. Like, uh, we were talking about infidelity the other day. It was like, I, I have no moral issues with infidelity. But why do people want to carry lies? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't care who you sleep with. But how, why do people want to carry lies? O como te digo, lo que sea. That's just such a heavy, like, burden. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I think that's what it is. To just get to a place where... All good and bad, whatever it is, you're, you're just fine with presenting all of it. I think yeah. that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah. I do think it's harder than, than, it, than it sounds. I mean, you guys yeah. have done a shit ton of work, have a lot of support. I, I mean, I'm assuming you have a lot of support, but it does, it does take a lot of work to get to, to that integration, right? Yeah. I mean, if I miss two or three days of my practice, of yoga or mindfulness or I start eating crap or I don't do... Monkey brain. Next thing you know, I'm like, ah! Yeah. So it is definitely. definitely a gift of discipline. Not like, you know, super hardcore. You try to have lots of self-compassion, but it is... Like, what are some of the practices that you guys do on a daily basis to keep you integrated, to continue on this path? And also now, clearly, I mean, for me and for you guys, I'm assuming it's also serving others and bringing others along in community. Hey, this is what I've learned. Let's do this. But tell us some of your practices. Yo creo que 
es importantísimo tu intención, no nada más del día, de vida. Y para mí, mi intención más, más, más primordial es, es el regresar a mí, uh -huh. a mi verdad. Entonces yo, lo que hago en mi vida, me trato de asegurar que vaya, que, que alimente eso. Uh -huh. Para mí es muy importante, ¿no? Y, y me trato de poner en, en situaciones, o no ponerme en situaciones donde no van a alimentar el, el regresar en mi vida. Uh -huh. Número uno, que pudiéramos ir muy profundo. Uh -huh. Y creo que la, la otra práctica, de, de todas las que pudiera hacer, porque tengo muchas prácticas, muchas, muchas. La, 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 la música de, de vibración alta la tengo prendida casi todo el tiempo, hasta los aromas, son muchas cositas muy chiquitas. ¿No? Le decía a Marcela, me encanta poner los mantras porque veo cuántas veces me salto, se me fue un párrafo y ya me fui a la cabeza. Uh -huh. ¿No? Son, son constant, cositas constantes que de repente la gente te dice, ¿no se te hace cansado? Sí se me hacía cansado. Yo decía, qué cansado estar siempre observando mi pensamiento hasta que llega un punto donde se te hace verdaderamente fascinante. Porque estás viendo cómo la sincronicidad del universo conspira contigo uh -huh. y trabaja a favor de ti. Entonces ya es como, ¡ay, fregón! Ya entra esta red, ¿no? Donde empiezas a palpar ese cliché que dicen el cielo en la tierra. Yeah. Pero si yo pudiera decirte cuál ha sido mi práctica que más me ha traído beneficio para esa alineación de la congruencia que te digo a mi verdad, es el habitar mi espacio. ¿Qué quiere decir? Obviamente, llega un momento que con este sistema de creencias no soportamos entrar en nuestro espacio porque hay una disonancia cognitiva, ¿no? Uh -huh. Estamos completamente desalineados con el alma. Uh -huh. Entonces se vuelve muy incómodo estar dentro del cuerpo. Uh -huh. Entonces, ¿qué hacemos? Nos disociamos. Y nos vamos a este espacio, a esta zona muerta, la de los zombies, la de... La de, uh -huh. la de, la de shopping o Facebook, Exactamente. La de la, todas las adicciones. Sea la adicción al conflicto, a dormir, a las drogas, al alcohol, al shopping, como dices, al Netflix, lo que quieras. Perdón. Y lo que sea para no entrar en ese espacio. Pero cuando estás, cuando verdaderamente te permites sentir el espacio, que quiere decir no vivir en la reacción, ¿no? Qué tonta eres, pues tú más, no. Realmente sentir que te hizo saber, que sí. esa ha sido mi mejor práctica. Sí. Porque luego hay una cosa que veníamos platicando, Marcela y yo, que es el bypass emocional, ¿no? Perdón, espiritual. Uh -huh. Te quieres ir a sí. sentar como monje en el Tíbet, ay, me siento súper bonito, sí, pero otra vez te fragmentas. Hay que ir a habitar el espacio, hay que ir a habitar el cuerpo. ¿Cómo lo vas a trascender si no lo has habitado? ¿No? Y en ese habitar el cuerpo ha sido mi mejor práctica para ver en dónde, dónde, dónde es donde, donde, donde mi camino me pide el trabajo. Y ahí sí. me enfoco ¿no? en, 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 mis, en mis sensaciones corporales. Creo que son sabias, te dicen todo, la información. Ahí está tu información. Y es un entrenamiento difícil, pero, pero es un entrenamiento que, te, que es importantísimo aprender. Um, it's just it's not it's not easy that's what I'm trying to say it's not easy but not easy. like how did you get to it yoga meditation and that's kind of what I teach trauma informed yoga nobody wants to be in their body people want to be outside of their body and avoiding and pues Karin is the one that tells me oh the real retreat is when you come back and you're at home with the family oh, and you're yes. noticing why is my neck twitching yes. when yeah. my mom walks it's in it's easy to meditate out in the woods yeah. yeah and then everybody's there and you're like oh I think in terms of like practical tips, she mentioned the huge one for me these days. Mantras have been huge in my life. I'm not that good at meditating. I'm still not good at controlling the <clears throat> monkey mind. It's very difficult for me. Um, I try. But meditation takes me to a place where no matter how wound up I am, the music, deva premal, like she Mantras, you mean. Mm. Mantras. It um, really brings me to like a place of calm mm -hmm. and another thing that's been super helpful um in this process 
that we've all that she's taught me basically. Karina's taught me is um, it almost starts to become fun when you learn all these things. Like for example, mirroring. When you see something about somebody that bugs like the shit out of you, <laughs> and if you're like, oh my god, okay, let me find that in me. Yeah. You think you're not racist? and you're calling that other person out for being racist, that means something's inside yeah. you is getting, like, shifted and making you really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think she's been really good at reminding me, like, every time you have those moments, like the mirroring or um, an aversion to an event yeah. or whatever, just kind of making that connection, you kind of almost become Sherlock Holmes in the process. If you yeah. allow yourself to just jump into the process, yeah. it can be super fun and trying to find... I mean, painful, painful kind of fun, but it's almost like it's a puzzle and you get little bits and pieces everywhere and it almost becomes like a mission to kind of fulfill all of the pieces of the puzzle. If you really want to take the time and, and find what it is in you that's bugging you about that person or, or about this place or about the situation or about this relationship and you really want to do the work and just always just bring it back to you. Yeah. Staying curious instead of self-judgment. Exactly. Like, what? Okay, let me, let totally. me check this out. Instead totally. of, oh my God, I'm such a horrible person. I, exactly. Oh, no, no, okay, where's this coming from? Exactly. I think staying mm -hmm. curious is a great way to describe right. it. And it's almost childlike. Like, we, yeah. sometimes we can be talking about the most traumatic experience, because that's our relationship, <laughs> and we're able to deconstruct it, and yeah. it's no longer making us, like, have a full nervous breakdown, <laughs> and we talk about our childhood, and this happened, and that happened, and it's things that are very deep. Like, I'm talking about it very lightly, but we'll get into very deep subjects, but we can analyze it now with no fear of judgment. So that's another practical tip. Um, I think it was Sigmund Freud that said... Uh, before they tell you you're crazy, make sure you're not just surrounded by assholes. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's finding mm -hmm. finding your tribe, mm -hmm. finding people that will that will help you through this process. And she's been instrumental. Karina's mm -hmm. been instrumental for that for me to have a space that you feel absolutely zero judgment. Mm -hmm. Like I've never killed a cat, but I know that if I tell Karina that I killed a cat, she has the capacity to understand that there's light and there's dark. Right. That there's good and there's bad. Mm -hmm. That I could do something seemingly horrible to the rest of the world, but that doesn't cancel out the goodness in my center, in my yeah. core. And yeah. that there's a part of us that's completely unaffected by all of this mm -hmm. and that we all need to return to that. So she's been um, my person that constantly reminds me of my good, oh. of my, of my uh, light. So I think you need to find that person in your life, whether if it's a support group or a friend. Family's really difficult. I was really fortunate to be able to find that in my sister because that's a, I think that's a really difficult thing to find within your family. Um, but I think we were just really fortunate in that way that we created a space of complete non-judgment. Is it just you two guys? Two Mi hermano Tonio. We have an older brother. Have you guys always gotten along? Marcela y yo, toda la vida. Never. Like I've given her shit a couple times because <laughs> no, she's late to like a Christmas dinner. <laughs> but like we've never, we've never. Yeah. I think when I came into the world, she took on the role as protector for, mm. for whatever reason, our home environment, mm -hmm. and it just kind of stayed that way. But I think finding a place of non-judgment is instrumental in anybody's healing because yeah. nobody can do it alone. Yeah. And honestly, I think when we're on your guys' position also is creating a place of non-judgment yeah. for other women to come in. Yes. I, I have so many 
friends in different places that just feel so awkward going into this space or so awkward going into that space and I just want to be home. I'm like, you are amazing. You're beautiful. Like, what's, like, what do we need to shed? And, you know, so I do think that it's a really cool thing what you guys are doing of creating spaces for other women to be like, okay, I can do this. I have these families in Tijuana and I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm integrating my life. I'm getting rid of these beliefs. I'm deconstructing, but I'm, but I'm loving myself and I'm loving others and I'm creating spaces for other people to come in and be a part of this journey of healing and returning to love, right? Returning to love. Definitivamente creo que es elemental y para quien usted escuchando que sí busques ayuda. Definitivamente. No puedes vivir esto solo porque te consume. Cuando, uh -huh. cuando, cuando you find your tribe, como ustedes dijeron, te vas a percatar de que no hay nadie que esté exento de no. todas las emociones que trae el paquete del humanito. Sí. Como trae la Barbie, su perrito y su bolsita y así. Nosotros también traemos todas uh -huh. las mismitas emociones. Nadie es más especial que el otro. Yo, había, yo sentí que sufrí tanto de chiquita que yo decía, es que a mí me escogieron para hacer algo bien bonito, ¿no? Yo todavía uh -huh. le ponía lo bonito. Y luego oh. ya empecé, pues, con todo mi rollo y terapias y demás, con otras personas, dije, ok, Karina, you're not special. You're not special, ¿no? Todos, todos, todos pasamos por lo mismo con diferente matiz. Pintadito diferente, pero la hacemos. Y lo que es el miedo, es el miedo. Como le quieras poner, lo que es que uno que más y uno que menos. El miedo es el miedo, el dolor es el dolor, la tristeza es la tristeza. Y todos la palpamos. Y cuando tienes contacto con las otras personas, porque la sanación definitivamente es a través de los, de los, de los otros. Sí. No, no es solo, no podemos hacer esto solos. Ahí viene una sensación de, de descanso impresionante al alma, donde le quitas seriedad al asunto. Sí, sí. Y donde aprendes un poco mejor a jugar este juego que se llama vida. Sí. ¿no? Porque también la ignorancia causa mucho sufrimiento y cuando yeah. empiezas a descubrir ahora le así se juega ese es how you play monopoly porque ni modo que te pongan a jugar monopoly por, o uh -huh. sea para defender tu vida y no sabes jugar ¿no? Claro. Es, es, es nerve wracking es confuso yeah. es abrumador yeah. y en el momento que empiezas a, jug a jugarlo it becomes even fun yeah. de yeah. verdad yeah. verdaderamente se me hace fascinante y me despierto todos los días con, con esta emoción de que ok ¿qué va a pasar hoy? Sí, la curiosidad hay muchísima que tú decías. magia mm. hay mucha magia por todo sí. está la magia las señales la gente que se te atraviesa que lo veo todo eh, eh, manipulado así no que es manipulado que a lo mejor puede tener una connotación negativa pero pero manejado Ordeño, por la divinidad sí. uh -huh. y es hermosísimo sí. entonces es como tú escojas ver la vida no en esa percepción del miedo como fuimos condicionados a que hagas el, el cambio de percepción a lo que es saber que la vida está contigo uh -huh. hasta la muerte uh -huh. todos los procesos de muerte no que lo vemos como una creencia algo feo la muerte es hermosísima sí. es una mujer la, la visualizo como una mujer llena de luz porque siempre que está la muerte uh -huh. siempre que está la muerte te trae tanto para la vida no hay una práctica tolteca dicen siempre para la muerte a tu lado izquierdo para que siempre sepas que puede ser tu último suspiro y que ahí decides qué quieres hacer con ese último suspiro si le entras a la reacción al miedo o si vives en el amor that's such a beautiful image to see death as this beautiful shining illuminous woman instead of the typical here comes the death with the hatchet and the big hat and you're like es que es que ponte a pensar en todos los procesos de muerte de duelos por negocio por lo que sea que hayas cerrado de relaciones que has terminado 
siempre te sacuden para decir, a ver, ¿qué hago aquí? ¿Cuál? ¿No? Y, y definitivamente la muerte siempre te va a inyectar la vida. Sí. Yeah, I, I keep thinking we should teach this at schools. Like, you know, if, if they taught you in school, like, hey, by the way, you're going to die. Yeah. And this is what death is. It's a beautiful part of this. It's so like, it, it would just be, you would get the spiritual quickening a lot sooner than later with all these belief systems. And so um, there's a lot of work to do. A lot of reprogramming. Ahí vamos. Ahí vamos. A lot of reprogramming. We're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good. Okay, tell us where to find, where can people go find you? Where's your next event? Tell us about your book. We're discussing the next, my book is about food. <laughs> we all need. Um, but, but, but you know what? Totally. Like in the introduction of my last book, I talk exactly about, and I've been mentioning this a lot on my social media, I completely hated cooking for about the last five years because I was so uh, enamored with the process of becoming a mother again that mm. it completely robbed me of, not robbed me, because that makes it like, gives it a negative connotation. I just allowed myself to live in the space of being a mother, but mm -hmm. there was a lot of guilt attached to it. So I'm just barely now coming back to my creative process, but a lot of it has to do with not giving a shit mm -hmm. about what people think or where I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely talk about it in relationship to my career in food. In terms of a next event, we've been discussing it the last couple days. We don't have a, um, a date yet. You will find everything on my social at Chef Marcella on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's um, at Karina Valladolid 717. Karina Luz. Karina Luz. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Karina Luz. I'll put this on the podcast. Yeah, right 717. Um, Karina is constantly posting um, her feelings about these this like reprogramming about we, what we grew up Which with. Which is powerful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We got to keep on doing really, this. Post really, really. You, you do too. I post it my kids a lot. <laughs> I post my kids and my food. Um, but all of the information will be on either of our platforms cool. in that moment. You think this is the comida? Yéndome a, 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 a lo intensa y profunda y apasionada que son, es, es, es el dispositivo que carga la conciencia, es el, es el vehículo que te va a llevar a llevar a cabo tu plan de vida, cual sea que tengas. La comida. ¿No? Y definitivamente esto se lo digo a Karina Luz, uh -huh. porque, porque yo he estado mucho trabajando en mi parte espiritual y mucho en mi parte emocional y mi cuerpo siempre lo he dado como, lo he tomado en mano el, 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 el que es un cuerpo muy fuerte y que, y que no se enferme. No, y hasta que ahorita me dijo ya, ya, ya no puedo ni que te alinees. Claro, y es, y es obviamente es el, 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 no solo la alimentación, que obviamente es primordial, pero no desgastarlo, el cuidarlo, yeah. ¿no? El, yeah. this, this sacred vessel, que es el que carga yeah. la conciencia. Completamente. Yeah. El que te va a llevar a hacer lo que te toque hacer, hay que cuidarlo como tal. I think food helps you in, in, the, in the alignment, right? It teaches a lot about, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, the nervous system. And we're in these bodies, we're like these stallions. And so you have to like learn to breathe, to calm it down, to control it, to know like I have this power, I can go here, I can um, go there, but also how are you nourishing it? And I have a lot of clients that have um, eating disorders. Yeah. And I talk a lot about food, about how food is like a painting and you're chopping up little onions and you're yeah, chopping yeah. up little nuts and you're chopping up little... And so it's not just, hey, I'm gonna just throw something in the oven, but creating this masterpiece Even if it's a small, little, simple meal, it doesn't yeah. have to be super complicated, but the art of creating food and bringing people together yeah. and the gathering of community and serving it in a, in a lovely looking, as simple as can be, yeah. is just, um, it's, it's super important. It's like, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. I can tell you from personal experience that my tía Marcela, who's a very wise woman, once told me, 
sin, o sea, en español, no sé, en inglés. Si no te sientes bien, todo se complica. Sí. So in this process of finding of the congruencia, of alignment, of all of it, something that you can at least control physically is your body. Yeah. That's the one thing that, that's, I think, the easiest to control because it doesn't involve jumping into your subconscious or your childhood or the reason of your addiction or deal, facing the trauma, you know, head on. Like, this is the one thing that you can, that you can actually, like, try and control from, like, a physical, actual, I'm going to go to whatever market and buy. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in a time right now, it's difficult. I see it on my social media platforms that um, for some reason, well-being has been attached to, like, the elite, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, she's so annoying because she eats kale. And I think we've jumped into this place where like um, taking care of yourself is seen as something that's like not attainable or expensive or, and it's, I think it's one of the one things that you can control. And if you can at least start there, and we've talked about this often, like even that coffee or that sugar or whatever, if you can try to eliminate some of that, it just becomes so much more helpful to be able to concentrate in the meditation mm -hmm. or to be able to read that book or to be able to not feel wired or crashed or to just sleep better. Exactly. So it's like the one thing that you can at least try to control before you jump into anything else. I mean, unless yeah. like your clients, there's a, there's an, a, a psychological, like an eating disorder or something heavier that's attached to right, it. Right, right. But I think for a lot of us, that's like the one thing that you can at least control on a much more, almost superficial level. Right. Yo creo que por último, yo no sé qué razón, pero quisiera decir esta parte que creo que mencionaste ahorita, que es que, que, se ten, que nos tengamos mucha paciencia. Sí. Mm -hmm. Este proceso, miren, es bien difícil programar, reprogramar la mente con la misma que la creaste. Pide mm. ayuda al, a, a lo que sea en lo que tú creas, a lo como le quieras llamar, el poder supremo, divino, Dios, eh, la naturaleza, lo que tú, lo que para ti represente esa, esa, esa fuerza, esa, esa, esa conciencia, esa luz, eh, y que te tengas mucha paciencia, no es, no es fácil esto de, de reprogramar, es día por día, y, y verdaderamente descansando en, en el saber que algo mucho más grande que, que tú te contiene, hay alguien que está viendo por ti, hay una fuerza infinita, inmutable que está viendo por uh -huh. ti. Nomás voltea, gira tu, tu vista hacia allá, gira tu vista hacia allá y tente mucha paciencia y día por día y, uh -huh. y no, no te van a dejar. No, yeah, no, esa fuerza no te deja jamás. Understanding that sometimes it's three steps forward and then the next day it's like six steps back. Yeah. And, and it seems like, like it six steps back. But it's part of the learning. Parecen steps back son hacia adelante. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you for hopping on here. And I hear you starting a podcast soon here. We're working on it. Yeah. We're working on it. We're trying to decide English, Spanish, what um Spanglish. Spanglish. <laughs> I think that's the most organic and yeah. our community is fluent in both. Sí. So I think mm -hmm. that's gonna end up being it. I just yeah. sit and listen or talk anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, you guys are beautiful. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for reaching out. This is an honor. We'll have to do it again. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we'll see you next time on Tales of Recovery. 
Go follow these girls on their Instagram. I'll make sure to put it on the um, little notes here on the iTunes podcast. Have a good day.